Hey, welcome to the Colts with Grant podcast. It's Grant. We're going to take a look at the Steelers matchup this weekend in Pittsburgh. The Colts are 2-15 all-time versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, this should be a fun matchup. Let's take a look, huh? All right, so when we get going here looking at these two teams, uh, we're going to look at them as, as the team level first. Uh, offense, defense, special teams all together, stacked up, tail of the tape sort of deal. Um, and, and really the, the, the lens at which we're going to use is um, brought to you by our friends at Football Outsiders. So if you're not familiar with Football Outsiders, get to that website, uh, footballoutsiders.com. It, it's really neat, and they use a statistic – uh, DVOA, and it's, it's defense-adjusted value over average. So um, sort of when you look out into the past and uh, roll up you know, performances of teams throughout the, the past, uh, how does your team stack up versus average performances? And I, I like DVOA because you know, some, sometimes you want to say maybe, maybe about a quarterback um, or about an offense – you know, gosh, they're so good at situational football. They're so good in their red zone. Maybe they struggle in other scenarios between the 20s, between the 40s. But gosh, when they get into the red zone, uh, they really execute. It DVOA puts weight or emphasis on situational football, situations within a football game. So, for instance, a, a three-yard run on first and 10 is not valued at the same level as a three-yard run on second and goal from the two, right? So that three-yard run on second and goal from the two is valued more as when you're, you know, looking at how good your team is versus that 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 run on on first and ten, that that two-yard run on first and ten. Um, that's the best way I can think to explain. It. I think that's that's very similar to the way that the Football Outsiders explain it on their website. But different situations, and also the 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 opponent is taken into account here as well. So. Um, because that matters, right? So not all opponents are are uh, created equal or or are performing at equal levels right now. So that is all um, thrown into the mix here as far as ingredients go when concocting this DVOA statistic. Uh, there, there's DVOA uh, from the team level, then the offense, defense, special teams, and you can go pass, run, DVOA, uh, drill down um, pretty deep into sort of the so just it's the statistical performance of your team versus averages over the 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 years of of statistical you know compilation of these numbers right so for me i, I because i am you know I, I do like to get emotional with sports as well you know um you know mathis is better than this guy freeney and mathis are better than these guys you know our you know ty hilton the top 10 wide receiver top five wide receiver things like that i can get emotional but well, these stats can do a good job of re- removing some emotion from the, the equation and really just saying, you know, are we really what we think we are? Is your team really what you, what you think it is? So, okay, too much there. Right, so the Colts, first of all, are 16th overall in DVOA, and the Steelers are 20th overall in DVOA. So that's a defense-adjusted value over average. So 16th, huh? That's right in the middle. So as far as football, football outsiders goes, the team, the Colts team, performs at an average uh, level so far in 2019 uh, when situations and when defenses are um, sort of taken into account, you know, when concocting, you know, this this measure. Uh, the, the, the Steelers are 20th, and 
and really when you look at sort of the the, um, the list of opponents that you know the Steelers have sort of sort of gone through, right? Um, they beat the Bengals, they beat the Chargers, and they beat the Dolphins. They lost to teams like the the Steelers. I'm sorry, they, they lost to the Patriots. They lost to the Seahawks, and and they lost to the Ravens in, in an overtime loss as well. So, and I believe the Seahawks game really was was a fairly close game as well, uh, and obviously the Ravens game was a close one as well. Um, both teams who have really performed well otherwise, um, so they're going to get credit for that. It's going to bring them up even because some of their wins are against teams that are, you know, lackluster teams, right? Uh, the Bengals are, are are sort of on track for a top three pick. The Dolphins, same same story. And we know what's going on with the Chargers as well. Uh, so, yeah, as a team, the Colts are right at the 16th, right in the middle of the road in DVOA. Uh, Defense-adjusted value over average, so they, they really – are right, right in that mid, middle middle ground. Steelers just a little bit behind that. And as we drill down the offense of the Colts, the DVOA is ninth, ranked ninth. Okay, thirteenth um, in the pass and twelfth in the run. Uh, DVOA, and then the Steelers are ranked twenty third, twenty two in the pass and twenty two in the run. That gives them a twenty third rank overall. So we we understand what's going on there, and we'll get into a little bit more of that here here in a second uh, as you go. As we move on from offense to the defense, so the Colts are 25th overall DVOA um, year-to-date, 25th, 15th in the pass, and 29th versus the run. Um, it, 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 you know, if you think look back to our games, you know, you can definitely feel like some, some folks have been able to run. When they've wanted to run, uh, they, they've, been, they've done so um, effectively. Uh, the Steelers are 9th overall DVOA, so that's strong, right? They are 10th against the pass, and 16th against the run. And, you, you know, so, I mean, for, for what it's worth, they, they're having a strong defensive performance, and we'll get into some of the, the people that are, you know, providing that performance for the Steelers. Uh, but, yeah, that's a strong – so, you know, this is not going to be – it's going to be very similar to the, to, the, to the Raiders game where maybe that the record doesn't really indicate sort of the – the danger that this this team will bring. So special teams, twentieth for the Colts, twenty third for the for the Steelers. Um, so overall, once again, sixteenth for the Colts, twenty for the Steelers. Very even matchup when you, when you look at DVOA. Um, so that's as far as the team level goes. That's how we're going to stack up, and that's how we're going to choose to um, statistically compare these two squads here. And so, sort of on a related note, and don't forget that's FootballOutsiders.com. Uh, go go check that out. Go to the um, glossary page. Um, it's anyway, it's great stuff, and you know I think it'll bring a lot to the, to, to to your watching and viewing experience when you're when you're taking these games. So Jacoby Brissett is 14th in uh, I can't even say that it's D Y A R. Basically, it's defense adjusts yards above replacement. So you know versus value over average, this is yards above replacement. Uh, he's 14th, so he's right. You know, right above average, um, and you know, we, you know, we've seen, we've started to see his yards per attempt grow, uh, sitting at an eight, eight, um, eight yards per average last game, and I really do foresee that that continues to climb. And you know, as we see here, this is a very, you know, this is a strong uh, pass defense here we're going to get from the Steelers. So if if we can see him at an eight or a nine. 
uh, yards per attempt here Sunday against the Steelers, you know, on the road in what seems to be about a 40 degree, probably a wind whipping uh, environment. That's got to be encouraging. So, you know, we really do want to see that continue to climb. And um, I think when he does that, we'll, we'll continue to see uh, his ranking here, you know, climb. But there's a lot of vitriol on Twitter right about Jacoby Brissett, and, and people think that if you um, basically don't buy in completely, you are a quote-unquote hater, and there's a lot of reasons um, being thrown out for people uh, wanting to dissect the performance of Jacoby Brissett, which is just silly to me, right? We, we've we dissected the performance of every quarterback that's ever played this game, and Jacoby's not not immune to that. <laughs> that being said, I love Jacoby Brissett, right? I, I think I've, I've been documented that um, he stands tall in that pocket. He's a strong presence in that pocket. We saw it against the darn Broncos, that he can he can withstand hits from elite athletes, get out of that pocket and deliver a, a, a strike, uh, really to set up the win. But th- those are those are important skills to have. He's not a, a completely hundred percent complete player, and that's okay. That's just the state of things right now. I think if we continue to to grow, I really wanted to give myself ten or twelve games this season before I gave like a you know a a real concrete opinion on the guy because you know I did throw 2017 out out as far as a you know sort of a a year's uh, a performance you know service to the league would go uh, for a lot of reasons so but 14th de- 14th defense adjusted yards by replacement for Jacoby Brissett uh, Marlon Mack is at 15th as well just just to show that you know so Jacoby Brissett's right you know he's ahead of Folks like, you know, Jared Goff, he's ahead of folks like um, Lamar Jackson. He's ahead of Carson Wentz. You know, he also is behind, you know, Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers, Gardner Minshew, guys like this, you know, Derek Carr, Watson, you know, number one right now in um, defensive yards of public placement is still Mahomes and Prescott and Russell Wilson are the top three in that, um, in that metric right now. And that's yards above replacement. So, basically, with those teams, if they were inserted a, a replacement, an average replacement level quarterback, uh, there would be a significant drop off. Whereas we're, they're saying that with, um, you know, with with the performance of Jacoby Brissett so far this year, that there we not see the same drop off. So, just a couple more stats that I thought were you know pertinent to this matchup. That that Pittsburgh D line is uh, sixth in sack percentage, so they're sacking the quarterback um, at the sixth highest rate in the league. And as far as sacks per game, they're they're getting to the quarterback three point four. Let's call it three three times per game. You know, three sacks per game. That is fifth in the league. They do have twenty four sacks on the year. They have ten picks on the year. Um, yeah, and they're giving up twenty points per game. So the defense. You know, we've seen there it's ninth ranked DVOA. These are some more, you know, drilled down numbers as to what is sort of, um, you know, precipitating that number. So, yeah, we're going to have our hands full with that defense uh, again. And so we kind of knew that this stretch here, you know, it's going to be a nice test for the defense. So um, Indianapolis-wise, so we we are 10th in sack percentage 
and 14th in sacks per game. We're getting to the quarterback two, about almost three, 2.7 uh, times per game. So very close to, to middle of the pack there. We've got, you know, we've produced 19 sacks and we only have four picks on the year and we're giving up 21 points per game. So if we want to see how close this game's going to be, we got the Steelers giving up 20 points per game. And I believe their average margin of victory is right around uh, five or six points. And then the Colts here, they're giving up 21 points per game. And I know that our average uh, margin of victory is right at four points per game. Yeah, so, so you know, we're going to be on the road. Terrible towers, towels uh, swinging. And it's going to be it's going to be a tough one. So if, if we can really hang some points, it'll be a, a good sign for us moving forward. So we do have the Steelers and then the, the Dolphins. And then we get back into some uh, conference play, some divisional play, pardon me. But uh, those are just some more stats that I thought uh, spoke to uh, that Pittsburgh defensive prowess. All right, so when you think of football, you know, I love football. It's it's the number one team game in the world. I will say that until I am blue in the face, whether I'm coaching, playing, watching football with strangers, this is what I talk about, right? Okay. Um, number one team game, but at the same time, it's, it's a collection of 11 one-on-one matchups, really, or two-on-one, but generally one-on-one matchups. It's a collection of 11 one-on-one matchups happening all within about six or seven seconds, and that's over. And it happens again. It's beautiful, right? So let's look at some of the matchups going into this into this game. Some injury um, factors as well. So if, if I'm a, if I'm a coach and I'm looking at the Steelers team, the two names that really stick out to me first for, uh, and I could say three names, but really the two names that stick out to me first for the Steelers is you know T.J. Watt and Cameron Hayward. Uh, T.J. Watt, a PFF number one edge player last week. Uh, he, he you know I, he's really having a great year. Uh, and Cameron Hayward is just a force in that middle. They did lose Stephen Tuitt for the year. Notre Dame guy. Uh, Love Stephen Tuitt. Animal. But he is he is gone. He will not be a factor this year or this game um, for the Steelers. So so really, T.J. Watt, Cameron Hayward, Devin Bush, and Mika Fitzpatrick are the names for that defense that uh, our offense is going to have to account for each and every play. Um Let's see here. So Devin Bush, you know, we, we hear about the turnovers. These the, the Steelers team is really um, well. We just we just we just heard it right. They got however many picks. Uh, what was it? Ten picks, right? They got ten picks on the season. Uh, Devin Bush, the rookie linebacker, has two picks so far this year, and he has four fumble recoveries. Devin Bush has <laughs> has gotten the ball back for his team six times. This year, he's um, they're making they're making that a focus. You can tell, right? T.J. Watt has three fumble recoveries. He has one pick, and he has three forced fumbles. Uh, so we can almost say that at least one or two of those Devin Bush fumble recoveries was caused by T.J. Watt. But that is quite the line, right, for our boy T.J. Watt. Three fumble recoveries. He has a pick. He's got three forced fumbles. And he's hit the quarterback seventeen times in uh, in seven games. So. <laughs> That's Braden Smith right there, right? That's Braden Smith and Glowinski on that right side. Um, communication between uh, Braden Smith and Mark Glowinski is going to be key. I, I have a feeling we're going to see some some uh, some end and tackle twists because that definitely was an issue for us. Um, I mean, we saw Jacoby spin out and then you know fire that rope to Ty, but 
what happened before that. It, it was Von Miller uh, sort of twisting on tw- twisting inside, and then as Glowinski went to go help uh, Braden, he really just he did not see the tw- the twist from the outside. He didn't see Von Miller coming around the inside. So uh, T.J. Watt is having a better year than Von Miller, and is gonna gonna pose. Um, a similar, if not a, a, a larger threat to our backfield than Von Miller did. So really that Braden Smith, Glowinski communication, handing off the twists, um, keeping lateral movement, um, <laughs> strong. I, I don't mean to laugh, but yeah, it's going to be, that, I'll be watching TJ Watt versus our, our right side of our offensive line. He'll play against, you know, Costanza as well, but I really do expect him to be going up against Braden Smith more times than not. And really the factors that are going to have to come into play there is a communication between Braden Smith and Glowinski on the inside twists. And then really the jump sets in the, in the sort of the aggressive sets from Braden Smith, if he can get into the body of TJ Watt more times than not, and not let him sort of take his two way go outside or flex Braden to the outside and then, you know, take the inside leverage. Uh, that's, that's going to be a fun matchup to watch guys. So, and girls, so T.J. Watt versus Braden Smith and Glowinski on the right side. That that's going to be a huge matchup. So Devin Bush with the picks and the f- fumble recoveries. That you know, basically we got to get a body on Bush. That's that's what I'm saying right now. That's how I'm terming it. We got to get a body on Bush. Whether it is, uh, you know, Ryan Kelly, our 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 friend Quentin Nelson, or or Mr. Glow there, Glowinski. We if we're gonna run inside or if we're gonna hell if we're gonna run anywhere, uh, we got to get a body on Devin Bush. And um, just yeah, just stay between Devin Bush and the ball, and we should be okay. Easier said than done, but our guard play and our center play versus Devin Bush is going to be, um, you know, vital because um, we're going to see that really the the secondary of of the Steelers is not anyway. They don't got a big names. They have the ten. They have the ten picks. Two of them are by a linebacker. So really the outside, the corners, the safety, you know, outside of Minka Fitzpatrick, not too scary. So we will I think we're gonna you're gonna see us try and run that ball. Um, obviously, right? But I'm not, you know, breaking any news here. But in order for this game to go the way that we need to, we need to run the ball better than we have over the last couple of uh couple of games. Uh you know, I mean, let's face it, against the Broncos, as much as they want to say they had unscouted looks and Vic Fangio's a defensive, you know, mastermind, um, we got to run better. And the Steelers are a great defense. They don't have the Vic Fangio mastermind uh, behind them anymore. Um, so they're, they're, they're compilations of great athletes. But I think if we can run that ball and take care of Devin Bush in the middle and basically get a body on him, get a body on Bush with Kelly or Nelson, or Glowinski, but I think he's going to have his hands full as well. Uh, we're, we're going to be fine. He's going to get his for sure, and he's a, he's an athlete in that middle. But uh, as far as matchups go, Braden Smith, Glowinski versus T.J. Watt, and then our guards versus that middle linebacker or that linebacker situation there with Devin Bush is going to be really fun to watch. Um, Mika Fitzpatrick has three picks since joining the, the squad. He has one forced fumble, but good God, he has three picks, and he's basically all over the field. Um, it's pretty outstanding. So, uh, you know, another matchup that's that we have to watch for is, you know, Nick Sirianni and Jacoby Brissett versus Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, it seems like 
we, we got to give that guy something to look for, something shiny to look for on the right side, and then we can do something on the left-hand side. We just have to basically give him something to look at other than the play, try and confuse him, um, try and get, you know, get our wide receivers out blocking in space. But um, we're going to have to scheme up some fun here because that's, you know, that's, that's a skilled player, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick there uh, at safety. So uh, he has three picks. We, we, we got to get him off of the scent, uh, get him something, you know, shiny to look at, and then move the ball the other way. Um, we got to be safe with the football, but we do need to be aggressive. We can't just sit back. We're going to be on the road. We got to take this crowd out of the game early. And I think we can do that. I, I have faith in sort of the scheming and the cerebral approach of our offensive, uh, you know, staff, our offensive coaches. So they know they need to get the the, the crowd out of the game early. Um, and the Nick Sirianni, Jacoby Brissett uh, team versus Minka Fitzpatrick and being safe but being aggressive. Um, and really, you know, I'd love to see – you know what? What's his name? Is Emmanuel Sanders caught a caught a slant and went for like whatever 40, 40 yards, thirty five yards for for a touchdown last night. Um, that's what we want to see. You know, that's what we want to see out of. Uh, that's what we want to see out of. Uh, gosh, Paris Campbell. I couldn't remember his name. That's Paris Campbell. I'd love to see catch a slant like that and take it to the house. So. Um. Offensive staff, Jacoby Bissett versus Mike Fitzpatrick. Our guards versus Devin Bush. Braden Smith, Glowinski versus TJ Watt. As far as their defenses versus our offense, that's that's what I'm looking for. I'm excited. We're going to see we're gonna see Quentin Nelson pull out some more and try and get the ball to the outside. Uh, but this is going to be a fun game. you got to love an outside game. you got to love an October um, outside game. Hopefully some snow, things like that. So, But this is, this is what's up, and it's going to be fun. Um, but that defense, like, the longest touchdown that defense has given up this year, you know, because we talk, you know, Colts people like to lament our yards per attempt here. Um, the longest touchdown they've given up is 58 yards to, this, to the uh, Patriots, to a guy that we know, his name's Philip Dorsett. 58 yards to Philip Dorsett for a touchdown. Uh, and the second longest touchdown that this defense has given up is a 25-yard touchdown to a guy named Philip Dorsett. He plays also for the... Uh, Patriots as well so that's it I mean all the other touchdowns are 12 yards 11 yards 5 yards 7 yards things like that so they don't give up too much you know deep um so we're gonna have to work our way down the field and um you know it's not gonna be you know just be ready to not see the big deep balls again um but uh you know it is what it is and those are the matchups that I'm gonna be looking for as far as their defense Versus our our offense, I know it's a lot of sort of in the mix line situation, but um, that's really what predicates this 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 game. They're, you know, their their corners are not they're, they don't have any lockdown corners. Uh, this corner Hilton, Mike Hilton, you know he's he's uh, had a good year, um, but you know it's going to be about that rush. Going to be about mitigating the rush of T.J. Watt, Cameron Hayward uh, versus our interior line, and. You know, basically Marlon Mack, basically our guards making some some route or making room for Marlon Mack to run um, right past Mr. Devin Bush. So those are the initial uh, matchups that I'll be watching. We'll move on for sure, though. So when you look at the offense for the Steelers, uh, yeah, we know what happened. We know Le'Veon Bell's gone, Antonio Brown's gone, Ben's gone. Uh, so we're looking at guys like James Conner, Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels. 
Um, Juju Smith, right? Deontay Johnson and Mason Rudolph, right? So Mason Rudolph got his, got his, <laughs> got a, what a, jacked in the face and knocked into 1932. And now he's back. He played last game. He's played five games. He's been sacked five times. Yep, he has nine touchdowns, 64% completion percentage, and he's been picked off three times, Mason Rudolph. So, you know, with those, not, with those five sacks, you think maybe he's getting rid of the ball quickly. Uh, that's really not the case. He's really, he's at like a two, almost a three-second time to throw, 2.8-second time to throw. That's, 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 that's nothing special. We, we, you know, we should be able to get to him. Um, but their O-line just protecting, you know, they've always had a good O-line. We, you know, that Mr. What's his nuts, uh, Banner, Zach Banner's over there playing tackle, playing some, uh, jumbo tight end for him, but I think he's actually working into more tackle for him. Um, I think, you know, with Ramon Foster, so their, their guard, Ramon Foster, uh, is, is in concussion protocol right now. Um, he, um, you know, he'll be a big miss for them if they're missing him. It's kind of a, a, a trickle down effect there with their own line. They don't have the, the luxury of having the, the sort of the consistent five that the Colts have had so far but yeah so he's not holding the ball I mean he is holding the ball more than you know you, you'd you'd expect with the with the low sack percentage so the O-line's you know the O-line is performing there uh in the Steelers so it's up to you know you know Grover Stewart's had a great year Taekwon Lewis has been healthy this week so are we going to see Taekwon Lewis kind of back uh in action he started this you know he started the season you know not dressing they came back and you know he's he's been hurt, hurt here with the foot and um with an ankle and, but he's been full all week, so we're going to see him back. That'll be a fun matchup to watch if we get Taekwon Lewis back. I'm a big Grover Stewart fan out of Albany State. You know, been rooting for him. You know, you love the story of a small town, small school guy. Um, and then you know, he did a uh, he did a uh, an interview, like a long interview with Gore, you know Jeffrey Gorman, and it was that was that was a lot of fun to listen to too. But so basically, as far as O line, Grover Stewart, Taekwon Lewis, this Ben Banigou stack another performance like he did against the, the the Broncos. That was probably my favorite thing to take away from that that game was the performance of Ben Banigou, um with the, with the sack and the forced fumble, uh, tackle for loss as well uh, in the run game. And he really he had another sack as well that was negated by penalty. So, <laughs> I mean, that, that stat line would have looked sick there with two, with two sacks. But he looks thick and he looks fast off the edge. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna keep coming. I think he's got a little bit more beef to him than than a than a Teray, um, which is fine. I love Teray too, uh, but you know I I do I, I may enjoy the I don't know the the, the audio I've gotten from Banigou a little bit more. He seems very mature, and um, you know anyway I'm rooting for Ben Banigou, so we'll see what he can do around the edges. Um, uh, on Sunday, but when you look at the offense, backing up a little bit here, James Conner's got an AC joint uh, injury. He didn't practice all week. He hasn't practiced all week. I don't expect him to play. And then Benny Snell, the backup, he's out as well. Uh, so that's the top two running backs that are going to be out in all likelihood for the Steelers. And then so Jalen Samuels is 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 the you know running back three who has been injured in the, in the recent past, but he is a full participant. Participant in the most recent um, practices, he had a knee, um, and he will likely be the RB one going against the Colts here on Sunday afternoon in in Pittsburgh. Um, when you lose James Conner, you you know you're losing six touchdowns on the year. You're losing about 55 yards per game rushing, about 34 yards per game passing. You know he's only rushed for 
what is it, like run around 400 yards in the year, run around four yards per carry. So nothing crazy, uh, but he's a threat, um, not to the level of Mr. Le'Veon Bell or anything like that, but, you know, you got to love going against RB3, right? So Ramon Foster also is in uh, is a lineman for them, and he is in concussion protocol. So those are the, really the issues they're, they're dealing with injury-wise on offense. Now, they definitely have issues uh, wide receiver-wise, but that's just basically because uh, Juju's kind of having some growing pains here, uh, going from the number two role to the number one role. Um, he's got you know four receptions per game, about 63 yards per game. He's got one fumble on the year. But uh, and then Deontay Jordan Johnson, pardon me, has got to be their 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 wide receiver too. He's sitting at right around three receptions a game, forty two yards a game. No, you know nothing too explosive, right? They're not they're not explosive. They got a rookie running back. I'm sorry, rookie quarterback back here. Uh, Dante Moncrief has been a been a no show for them. He's worked back into the uh, to the lineup, but really, you know, I, I believe he was the one that had to drop against the the Seahawks that cost them that game. So that's just too bad. You know, I was kind of rooting for him back in the day, obviously. But um, he just, you know, then he started with the sort of the excuses here in Indianapolis. The lights are in my eyes, things like that. And and out you go. And, and we've seen him sort of fizzle out into nothing. So when you think of their offense, you know, we just have to get after the Mason Rudolph. He, he's going he's gonna to be back there for us to get there. I, 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 I'm going to predict probably two sacks for this Colts team, maybe three sacks for this Colts team. Um Justin Houston has shown up on the on the injury report. Sheard is a full participant in the in the last uh, practice that I saw, so it'll be interesting, right? Kenny Moore, uh, Jabal Sheard, and Kari Willis were all f- uh, full participants in that last um, practice, so I expect all three of those guys to play. That'll be fun to have uh, Kenny and Kari back at it. You know, Taekwondo Lewis, like I said, is full participant. And then really the question is, will Pierre Desir play? He's been no practice, I believe, this week with a hamstring. And I, I believe last time they asked Frank about it, he said, you know, he just really wants to get, to get him um, get him healthy, get him full, uh, get him back to full health because, you know, with the hamstring you can just keep, you know, as we know, keep hurting it, keep kind of playing down that role of, you know, 60%, 70%. Frank wants to get him back healthy for a stretch run. And then Hooker will be back. Hooker will be back out there again. I'd love to see Hooker play some center field here and end up with a pick um, against these uh, against these Steelers. I, I think it'll be there for him. I think with with Eberflus versus a potentially defeated O or not defeated depleted potentially depleted O line. Uh, Eberflus versus a potentially de- depleted O line, and uh, with with some tools back in, in Taekwon Lewis and Kenny Moore. And Kari Willis, and with really the emergence of Banigou, if Banigou can give some effort, some some pressure, and if Autry can put some double moves on these guards and give pressure like he's been doing, I think we're going to get maybe some errant passes out here, some uh, some YOLO passes, as uh, as one of those nice uh, Colts uh, media guys likes to say, the Joel Erickson, um, just like close your eyes and chuck it up. I think we're going to see a Malik Hooker pick. Um, Sunday versus the Steelers. So those, those are my matchups to watch on 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 the the offense. Basically, uh, Banigou around the edge is Taekwon Lewis going to come back to form? And if we can pressure the the Mason Rudolph quarterback who holds his ball for almost three seconds, um, are we going to get Malik Hooker a pick and um, take advantage of sort of a lackluster wide receiver group and depleted running back group here for the Steelers? So as as strong as their defense has been, ninth. 
right ninth DVOA year to date. Um, we um, our defense should have a strong showing versus sort of a, a an offense that doesn't really scare you very much. So that's how I see it so far. And um, yeah, we're gonna go from there for sure. Okay, and that's how I see some of those key matchups. We're looking at the prediction for the game, right? So the, the, the betting odds have the Colts as about a one-point to one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road versus our friendly foe, the Steelers, which we, you know, two quarterbacks have ever beaten. Two Colts quarterbacks have ever beaten a darn Steelers team. One was Peyton Manning, and one was, like, in the 60s, and Earl Morrill, I believe. So, yeah, so we're one-and-a-half-point favorites. But the way I see this going is a little bit different. So they asked T.Y. If he, if he knew about any of the history between the Steelers and the Colts. He goes, yeah, we've never beat them. So I, do, I really think that uh, the, the T.Y. and the team, and that you, we also heard, heard reports about uh, Jacoby addressing the team and making sure they remembered that when they played the, the, the Chiefs in Arrowhead, they had no pre-snap penalties. And yeah, anyway, I really think that this, this team is motivated to go in here on the road and, and beat a team that that they that they should beat handedly. Um, um, and we anyway. So my prediction is a 17 to 30 win uh, over the Steelers. Right. So we've got a little 10 to 17 score after halftime. We got Steelers with 10, Colts 17 after the half. But then um, you know we put 13 on the board in the second half, and they only put seven on the board in the second half to result in a 17 to 30 win. I think that Hooker gets a pick. I think that uh, Banigou, Autry, and uh, Houston all get sacks. We finish with three sacks and a pick versus this offense that's really going to be with their RB3. And uh, it's going to be tough for them. I think we got two throwing touchdowns, potentially one to a Hines, one to a Campbell, something like that. And we got one running touchdown by our boy Marlon back here this game. And uh, we take the win, 17 to 30, going away out of the Steelers' uh, black and yellow uh, towel pit. So that's what I got. I appreciate you hanging out for a little bit here. We'll see if we can't get something done next week. But have a great weekend. And uh, go Colts, right? Let's go. I appreciate you. Thanks. Bye.